What's up, ladies and gentlemen? Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Live Free Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Maxwell. Today's guest is Mr. Ben Venom. He joins us via Skype from his studio in San Francisco. We talk the real South, Atlanta, public transit systems, uh, government shutdown, which I clearly know very little about. This was actually the very first day of the government shutdown, and it ended today. Like, the government is back in business to collect your tax dollars, so... Congratulations to Congress for pulling their heads out of their ass and just raising the debt ceiling. Um, Again, I have no idea what that means, but I'm going to go ahead and say it. Uh, We talk seamstros, quilt making, Pete Dog drinking his water while we're recording the intro, Uh, black soil, t-shirt hoarding, concert tea graphics, tattoos, manufacturing, mistakes, street smarts, Fucking lousy architects and nicknames. So, as always, make sure you go check out MikeMaxwellArt.com. Click on the podcast. You'll get all the information about each show. And you can click on the iTunes link over there. You can subscribe. Uh, get the episodes automatically into your into your iTunes folder. Shows up. Ready to go. Um, make sure you follow Producer Lex. Uh, he's the one that's making all these episodes sound fucking badass. It makes me wish I had him right from the get-go, but I'm stoked to have him on board. So follow him at Producer Lex at Twitter and uh, also the like page on Facebook. You can follow the podcast at Live Free Podcast on Twitter. You can follow me at Mike Maxwell Art. Um, go like the like the Facebook page for the podcast, too. We just produced... Uh, I'm actually... At the moment, the pre-sale is up. Uh, I don't know if the pre-sale will still be up by the time this episode is out on Thursday. But we have a Live Free podcast shirt. that are, They're 25 bucks. You can get them through my online shop, MikeMaxwellArt.com, and click on the shop. Um, still nasally. I've been nasally for weeks. It's killing me. I'm sorry for my annoying-sounding voice. Um, and follow Ben Venom. He's our, our guest. This is episode 117, I think. Follow him on Instagram and Twitter and the Facebooks. Ben bon- Ben Baumgartner on the Facebook. But I think he has a, a like page with Ben Venom as well. And uh, it's Ben Venom everywhere else. So do all that. Uh, if you want to donate to the podcast as well. I guess anybody who donates $25 or more from now is... If we have shirts available, I guess we'll get a shirt. I guess I'll put that in the universe. So, Or you just go buy a shirt. Either way, um, it supports the podcast. And new episodes every Thursday. Going to keep rolling. Um, I have a bunch of episodes lined up. So we're going to keep this thing moving. Um, yeah. So with all that said, ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, Mr. Ben Ben. And we are back on the air, Mr. Oh. Producer Lex. What's up, man? Nothing. Um, how uh, how have you been? We haven't uh, we haven't seen each other in about a week. You uh, yeah, you, flew you, to Atlanta Thursday night. Nice. Yeah, how, I came back uh, yesterday. How was that trip? It was dope, man. I I, I really love the atmosphere of that city. I know it's it's fucking a rad place, dude. It is. I well, one thing that really uh, was like really prevalent is that the fact that there is. Almost like uh, it's so, well, I wouldn't say culturally, well, there's a bunch of cultures in there, but it seems like none of them have, like, they look at you without that 
uh, filter, like the racist filter. Yeah, like there's almost less separatism. No one cares who you look, what you look like. It's yeah. it was amazing. I like all the like weird parking lots there, like yeah. weird dirt parking lots <laughs> that are like surrounded by woods. Yeah, and that's something we don't get here. I think that when I went there, I went there twice uh, in 2012. I think um, I went out there for Rogan's show, mm-hmm. and it was so weird, like. Uh, like just going from from neighborhood to neighborhood and like seeing the different shrubbery. Like it's, <laughs> it sounds so stupid. <laughs> like, but I was no, really I interested. What yeah, in like the way that the leaves looked. Like it was a different no, type of shrubbery. No, it was green as shit because there's a lot of rain. I mean, we went there at the perfect time because it wasn't as humid. Like it was, it was pretty much here in like the end of. This, like end of winter beginning of spring you know how it's kind of cool mm-hmm. it was like the calm before the storm because i think like a couple weeks that's when like shit's gonna hit the fan over there yeah we're gonna get like that crazy ass monsoon weather and all that right but uh yeah we ended up utilizing we got a rental which was like fuck the rental because we had to we drove the first day and it was like we spent 50 dollars in parking and Ugh. all that shit and we're like fuck this we're gonna take the train yeah. So it was like 15 bucks and we didn't have to fill up our rental because we didn't use it. Yeah. Like nice. It was only, we paid, I think it was like 50 bucks for the rental. So we saved a lot of money there, 15 bucks to take the train. And the train system is amazing. I wish the train system here was like that. Yeah. I know. It would be nice if San Diego had a better mass transit yeah, system. Yeah. It, it would make things a lot easier. But um, you, we're going through stops and stuff and they, they say this like civic center this and that you know home for whatever and then we went by like this art college or something like that like art for puppeteering yeah and so i was in the back and i heard that and started going like this to my wife like you know uh imitating puppetry yeah motions and there was like this homeless dude sitting next to us and he was watching us converse converse like the whole time <laughs> and right when i went the, did the whole puppeteering thing he just lost his mind, dude. He was <laughs> laughing his ass off. He was laughing so hard that he was embarrassed that he moved to another spot. <laughs> and then he made eye contact with me before he sat down, and then he did the hand puppet movement. Oh, uh, he got in on it? Yeah, because he knew. I was like, this fuck. I made that dude's day. Yeah, it was nice. hilarious. So uh, you also you got to go see the uh, the Braves play? Yeah. Everything, is, everything there is Coca-Cola. Braves and uh, and Falcons and CNN and C- yeah CNN. We went to the CNN Center or Ted also. Turner. Yeah. Ted Turner runs that shit, dude. I that dude's fucking crazy, man. But How we much went money to the CNN. I have what he's got. Like he's got a network. He's got a movie channel. He's got was it? Uh, he owns a baseball field. He owns partial of like downtown area. It's so ridiculous. He's like the um, liberal. Uh, what's the Fox News guy? Um, oh shit! I just Glenn had... Beck? No, no, not Glenn Beck. Uh, Bill no, O'Reilly. The owner. The owner oh, I don't know the owner. Uh, God damn it! I, son of a bitch! I had it right on the tip of my tongue. Yeah, I don't know. It was... Rupert Murdoch. Oh, okay. Yeah, he's like he's the liberal R- Rupert Murdoch. <laughs> and they probably those guys probably get together and have tea parties and shit. Yeah, go Mother- play golf, motherfuckers. Wear so, masks um, and shit. We got Ben Venom on the show today. He actually, he, his, I think, so on Facebook I have, I'm friends with him, mm-hmm. and his, his name is Ben Baumgartner. It, there's so many artist names that are so hard <laughs> to say. I think, I'm interested to find out where the Ben All the Venom, because oh. we were just talking about before the show started, uh, um, comic book movies. Yeah. And how I'm not a huge fan of them, 
but I've been wanting to watch the whole like um, X Men series, like watch all the films that came out. Um, and when I was in Atlanta, I did a bunch of promotion for the Spider Man film. That's actually why we we brought that up. Oh, okay, cool. So um, it'll be it'll be interesting to see if he has some sort of superhero attachment to the Venom. Um, so let me um, fix this mic real quick, and then we'll give Ben a call. I think you might want to bring it closer to you. Or... Yeah, because it's hitting that fucking thing. Let's see. Or push it back a little bit and then bring it closer. All right. Sturdy? Got to no physics for this shit, huh? That feels good. Yep. All right. All right. Let's give Ben a call. Hello. Mr. Ben Venom, how are you? Ah, uh, good. What's up, man? Nice. Oh, uh, not much. Do you not have a uh, do you have a video on your computer so we can see your pretty face? There it is. Right, cool. Nice. What's up, my friend? It's um it's good to talk to you. Yeah, likewise. Likewise. I feel like I've known you for some time, but I don't think we've ever had a conversation. Um, I feel like the first time I became familiar with your stuff was sort of through Kevin Earl Taylor, possibly, because he was on the show a long time ago. Oh, yeah. Kevin's a real good friend of mine. And I think you and I might have met briefly uh, a couple years ago, maybe when you had a show at the shooting gallery. Yeah, and that's Kevin what I'm thinking. Probably- Kevin probably introduced us. So, did um, um, when uh, where did you grow up at? I grew up uh, in Atlanta, Georgia. So I've been out in San Francisco for about ten years. But uh, much like Kevin, I consider myself a Southerner. Yeah. When I say Southerner, I mean like dirty South, not uh, not SoCal like you guys. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of associate with that Southern that Southern title. There's a big difference, man. You know, people out here be like, will be like, where are you from? And they'll, they're will they like, oh, I'm from the South. Like, oh, whereabouts? Like, oh, you know, San Diego, L.A. Or like, no, 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 no. I mean, if Dirty you think South. about it, if you're just drawing a line from the northern part of the United States to the southern part, <laughs> California fits in there. Yeah, yeah, it does. Right? I guess, I guess. No, I know. It's fine. Uh, Lex, producer Lex is over here on How's it going, buddy? the other side of the screen here. Uh, oh, I see it. He just got back from Atlanta. We were talking about how oh, yeah. how Ted Turner is the um, liberal version of Rupert Murdoch, and that he must have a serious stack of cash. He pretty much owns everything, and I think he was, or maybe still is, like the largest private property owner in the U.S. Or he's like one of the top three. Um, so he he owns a lot of property in Montana, uh, and then he also owns like TBS, or he did. Uh, Turner Broadcasting and and the Atlanta Braves a while back. So, um, yeah, a lot of money. When did you get out of Atlanta? Did you you just spend your childhood there and then uh, you try you get out of the scene? Because we were just talking about how nice it is, but I think to like some of the people that I talk to, it's like it feels like it's it's not a spot where people come as tourists very often. Even though Lex, that's what you just <laughs> did, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, I think Atlanta is known primarily for like big business, like you know Home Depot is based there, Delta, UPS, uh, CNN. So, relative to where I am now in San Francisco, San Francisco is obviously like a big tourism spot. Atlanta, yeah, is not really necessarily known for tourism; it's more big business. But um, yeah, it's it's. Uh, I've lived here in San Francisco for almost ten years. I'm in my mid-30s now, so, you know, before that, I lived in Atlanta. 
So uh, I spent majority of my life in Georgia. So, um, but that's good to hear you liked it, Lex. <laughs> yeah, I had a fun time out there. I appreciate that. I mean, did you guys did you guys ever go to the Claremont Lounge? It's like no. the most famous crappy ass strip club. It's like right on Ponce de Leon in downtown Atlanta. <laughs> no, I was with my wife, on, so man. strip clubs were out of the question that day. <laughs> Which oh, means we can't yeah. talk about it on the podcast. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, we ended yeah. up uh, walking in the downtown area. We took the MARTA everywhere. MARTA, yeah. <laughs> that was an experience in of, itself. Yeah, that, it, MARTA's a total joke but uh we yeah, were just talking sucks. about how it it it, pay, it it uh it makes the san diego um public transit system look not that good oh really yeah <laughs> well i mean we have like two trolley lines here that go like In a circle yeah basically <laughs> yeah. and it only it only covers like one tenth of the area of san diego like it you know it only i say you know they've improved it over time but you know they really want to do that high-speed train from san diego all the way to san francisco yeah we'll see if that ever happens i mean we just got our new bridge that opened about maybe two weeks ago so uh one step at a time for us we got other problems up here too so yeah right uh, like, maybe maybe that happens i don't know <laughs> I, well our federal government shut down today right is that oh, still yeah. i know so it doesn't how, how, ex- how exciting is that it kind of like i it almost feels like a little bit of like uh while the cat's away the mice can play sort of thing yeah, like that's true or you yeah. know what i was thinking like i wanted to do like an inspirational facebook post about like okay here look the government doesn't give a fuck about taking care of you let's all take care of each other like let's see how that works like that like people that need help to actually just go and help one another like yeah, change yeah. the system but i, I mean so, so you're starting you're sounding a little tea party-ish there with like anti anti you know, big government and whatnot, but uh, yeah, to no, a certain I, I extent, I totally hear you. The problem is, is that libertarians are fucking crazy, conservatives yeah. are fucking crazy, and liberals are fucking crazy. Like they're all—it's well, all a system of craziness. That I mean, but we see, we can look at it now and look like everybody's working and doing exactly what it is they would be doing on their normal day to day, except for those unfortunate folks who are not in the budget and and you know what the real fucking problem is is that some crazy bible thumping conservatives are concerned about birth control for women like that's really what this all comes down to is some fucking idiots that don't want to sign off on birth control because the religious right will make them think that they're the fucking devil and they don't want to have that look they don't want to look like that and but but meanwhile it's like people are going to do what they're going to do Obviously, women should have the right to fucking whatever birth control is on their, you know, set up in their medical. Well, you know, I, and I, I don't know how it all works well, in terms of, like, business. Birth control is the right for information and, and whatever they have, and like, uh, opportunities and uh, resources to help them out, you know? Cause yeah, right. Yeah, people exactly. having kids is a problem in this country, you know? Yeah. And it, it's surprising, like, a lot of people, um, a lot of women get a lot more services besides just birth control from, like, an organization like Planned Parenthood, which is, like, a lot of, like, cancer, uh, you know, preventative medicine, that sort of shit. Like, a lot of stuff goes into that. And for some reason, these fucking dickheads don't want to allow it to be a part of medicine. And, you know, like... It, it all I just, really. I, I just don't understand it. I, it's it's just uh, it's kind of a no brainer for me as it seems like it is for you guys. Uh, I. 
And you know what? It's just frustrating. Today is kind of a frustrating morning for for Americans, I think. But uh, this is what I think the third shutdown in the last 20 plus years, maybe 25 plus years. And interestingly enough, the last, I think the last shutdown was in the mid 90s. And that pretty much ruined Newt Gingrich's like kind of bid to kind of move up to the presidency. I grew up about 10 minutes from Newt Gingrich's house. So uh, to give you an idea, kind of backtrack where I'm from. So uh, you're talking about cons- like neoconservatives, Newt Gingrich, uh, you know, all that. That's exactly where I'm from. And then you kind of fast forward to where I am now, which is complete opposite kind of culture, lifestyle from uh, where I grew up in Georgia. Yeah. So yeah, screw Newt New Gingrich. I know. You know the John, type- John Boehner is going to basically shoot himself in the foot. If he gets away with this, like, unscathed it's a pretty much a miracle i think but uh i don't know we'll see in the coming days i mean last shutdown i think in the 90s it lasted around 20 days and another one lasted i think about roughly seven days so yeah. what like 12 hours in today so it's it's fucking it's it's so fucking it's crazy nuts. i i've been <laughs> because we've been talking about like race relations a lot on the show and i feel like it's those assholes that make white people look really bad like <laughs> if people are being judgmental and sort of stereotyping guilty white folks white. Yeah, it's those it's those fucking assholes that make the rest of us look like fucking dickheads and it, it's true and you know that's the basis of generalization right like you see like four things and you're like that's the encompasses all of that culture you know it's those fucking assholes and it it surprises me every day that with the amount of information that is out there that people could still be so dumb but it it shows like it's like certain education just does not get to certain people and it's almost like i feel i don't i'm not mad at them so much like as, as i sound like i am but I'm more sympathetic. <laughs> I always shame. use it. How could he know what the fuck he never knew? Yeah. So somebody's brought up in some way that never allows. And, you know, like, there's also, then it, then I want to start to sound like a libertarian when I start talking like that. Because then it's like, you know, personal <laughs> responsibility to be able to go and figure out that you're a fucking idiot. You know, like, I, I'm responsible. Like, if I feel like I'm an idiot about something, which is usually the case, <laughs> then I want to go figure out why. Like, <laughs> just to stop future idiocy. It's a good thing to record yourself so you actually find it. Because yeah, when, I know. When that's... you hear it back, yeah. you're like, "Oh, I sound like an idiot." Well, let's um, <laughs> let's talk about your work. Some you just did. You, I think your show is still up, right? At Guerrero, this is the their final, oh, their no. swan song. Is the show down now? Yeah, it, it came down uh, yesterday. Lucian and I were over there deinstalling it uh, yesterday afternoon. So, yeah, it got cut short about a week. Um, he's He's out of there as of today, so yeah, uh, yeah that space is long gone. Um, you know, so uh, he's looking for a new spot. We'll, you know, so uh, best of luck to Andreas. Yeah, sure. He's been on the show too. His show actually got cut short on on the one on our episode. I know. But oh yeah, I heard. I heard that. <laughs> so um, you're another one of these guys who guys and gals who is using a very unique medium uh, in the sort of modern painting world but using something totally right. unique i um i just had aaron riley on the show a few weeks yeah. ago yeah i'm a big fan of hers she's a super uh, rad weaver you um how would you i want to try to start to describe what you do I, I would call you a sewer i guess yeah is that an accurate no, description that, no, 
I think that's totally accurate. Someone called me a seamstress the other day, which I thought was kind of hilarious. It sounds feminine. Yeah, yeah, that's that's kind of why I was laughing. Yeah. And, uh, is there a, a masculine version of seam seamstro? I guess like du- dutress or something. <laughs> I, I don't know. <laughs> Bratress. <laughs> that's that's for you. That's that's for your Californians. Yeah, Bratress. I hear you. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I I I guess you'd uh, really have to research the like the the terminology as far as a seamstress. But uh, I'm with you. I, I automatically think like a girl when you say seamstress. But I would just call myself. An Not artist. that there's anything wrong with that. I'm sure oh, you're, no, you're yeah, not, not, not at all. I would just call myself an artist that works with fabric, textiles, and currently I've been making a lot of quilts, so I guess you, I could also be called a quilt maker. Do you find that tradition coming through your history of the South? Like, there's a very strong tradition oh, of yeah. quilt making and storytelling via these methods, Absolutely. which is something I find kind of interesting because it's a, a very old technique that was utilized. You know, people used wall hangings and did decorative stories like there was a lot of um like historical like family tree stuff gets passed along through through quilts and this type of work so did you feel some sort of connection to that to be able to tell your story in these ways because i mean you're use you're utilizing for people who don't know uh a lot of times you're using like rock t-shirts you're using di- you're not using traditional um materials even within the quilt making process Although I'm sure there are with like the stuffing and like the backing and those sorts of things, but like right, the right. the imagery that you're using, you're utilizing old T-shirts, mm-hmm. uh, prints, and could you talk about that a little bit? Like sort of some of the materials that you're putting together. Yeah, yeah. So uh, just to kind of touch on the history aspect of it, yeah, being from the South. Uh, my mom still hems all of my jeans, so my mom's a pretty master seamstress. Uh, you can edit that part out before you go live. No <laughs> chance. No chance. <laughs> yeah. There's nothing like Just homemade shot myself in the quality. That one. <laughs> no, I dig it. Yeah, so it's like, you know, I, I learned from her. I've learned from, you know, asking a lot of questions and, and then, you know, uh, other people I know that so, but um, as far as the history aspect, yeah, I was first inspired by the quilts of G's Bend, which is a very rural rural area in um, basically southern Alabama in an area called the Black Belt, and that's because the river literally does this kind of dip, and then within that little kind of U-shape, uh, it's a very fertile area, and it has a lot of black soil, but on top of that, there's also a lot of, you know, it's primarily African-American community. You mean black people? Called, yes. Yeah. Okay. Black it's people called live the black, there. It's called a black belt in reference to the fertile soil. Yeah. Right. And because so I made they, the I made the white guy assumption that it was because there was black people there. No. Oh, yeah. 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 Right. Well, Alabama. You're in the south. That's but, good soil. Uh, so, black soil. Oh yeah. 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 And so uh, there is a, a a show uh, here in San Francisco at the De Young Museum. Uh, I guess back in 2006, there was the quilts at G's Bend. And so I saw that and was really inspired by that. And then, of course, you kind of go back on just the, the history of, of the Deep South and, yeah, storytelling and quilt making and, you know, uh, things of that nature. And more specific to the materials, um, yeah, you're right. I kind of – my materials are a little bit more um, – I don't want to say updated, but uh, definitely a little bit different. Like the show I just had uh, at Guerrero Gallery, I kind of switched a little bit where now I'm using a lot of recycled leather jackets – um, and I have been using a lot of uh, denim jeans um, that are like donated or purchased. A lot of them are donated by friends and family, 
And that also kind of ties into the T-shirts. Um, I used a lot of my own T-shirts when I first started out. Of course, I blew through that kind of like you know, collection because, <laughs> you know, it's some of those quilts take about, you know, 30 to 60 T-shirts yeah. to, to construct. So, you know, I don't have like a complete treasure trove of a walk-in closet of heavy metal T-shirts, even though that would be fucking awesome. Right. But the reality, the reality is that's just not the case. So, uh, which, but what kind of goes into the, another aspect of the work is that there's a lot of, uh, donating, recycling, um, in, in the work. So a lot of friends donate t-shirts, uh, you know, jeans, uh, you know, friends and family donate shirts and jeans. And then that gets used into the pieces. And then it's kind of, uh, you know, it's their, their own history, their own personal history are, is in the piece. Whereas, you know, since they're used, they're kind of like torn and, and ripped and kind of smell bad. So, you know. <laughs> do you find, you know, we all, I think I'm going to project on everyone and say that everyone hoards their shirts that they love the most. Oh, yes, I do. They I do, do. That shit right? Everybody does that. Yeah. How much do you find people who like really want to, I, I feel like you almost offer, not that you offer a service, but the, you're offering something to people like an opportunity to make those things that aren't going to last, last right. a little bit longer. You know, is that part of your, your schematics when you're working? Do you think about absolutely, that much? Absolutely. Absolutely. The fact that people are able to donate and that, that is a huge aspect of it. And yeah, you're right. Most people kind of like, like to hoard their, their old shirts or, or jeans, but um, it gets to a point where like for me, when I had like this old Testament t-shirt that I had since Metal. I was a teenager, it was completely, completely threadbare. Yeah. Testament trial by fire, fucking awesome design. I wore the hell out of that fucking t-shirt. And then it got so threadbare, it was like, it was basically like, a, you know, you could see through it. And, you know, I wasn't going to be trying to walk around in public so you could see my nipples trying to rock my <laughs> metal shirts. Like, Who wrong made- message, man. <laughs> I feel like for a lot of um, young people, concert shirts were a big artistic influence. I know for me specifically, like, Grateful Dead t-shirts and Misfit t-shirts Dude. were like the, my shit, like, like just and yeah. it's funny that the two graphics are so completely different, but like both of them had like this thing that stood out to me. Do you have any favorites that you remember? Oh, totally. Growing up, I was like you know Iron anything Iron Maiden yeah. I was a huge fan of. Uh, you know, Pusshead, like any like Metallica stuff. Um, yeah, a little uh, a little into the Misfits. Probably not as much as Iron Maiden. Um, Slayer uh, graphics. Um, so yeah, it, more more, but definitely Iron Maiden stuff. I was really, really into. I, I uh, think you know Eddie that dichotomy of using these imagery, this these images that are uh, like heavy metal based that are sort of like demonic, like aggressive, and like uh, you know, there's an evilness to them sometimes, depending on how you look at it, mm-hmm. is a very interesting difference between what we normally see in the quilting world. Yeah, absolutely. And that's that's kind of what I what I enjoy about the work I do is for me I like to ride that razor's edge between nice. you know uh complete stupidity and ridiculousness, <laughs> but yet but yet but yet, you know, pure genius on one side. So like you have like feminine versus masculine. You have these these really strong images, but yet it's it's just a quilt, you know, it's <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. just fabric. Yeah. I like how yeah, you it's, quoted it's Iron scary Maiden. As hell and and whatnot, but but yet, 
and it still serves a function. So even though there's some kind of like, you know, harsh imagery on there or some kind of like cutty ass saying, yeah. um, even if you can't appreciate it on that level, you, it'll still keep you warm at night. That's so, a, that's and, another and thing, like functional art. Duality. Sorry, we were talking over each other. I, I was saying that that, that function uh, functionality. Yeah, is, sorry, you cut off a little bit there. Yeah, no, I think if your uh, your your Skype is glitching, just it just glitched a couple times, but I think we're good. If it still if it glitches out, um, you could just turn the camera off, and it seems to take less power from the okay from the glitch. But um, yeah, I was saying how like the functionality of being able to make a piece of art that could also keep you warm in a snowstorm is something that a lot of other artists can't really say with their work. I mean, <laughs> I, I told Aaron that like I, I make my own panel, so maybe I could build like a little doghouse shelter if I had to, but that takes power <laughs> tools and shit. Yeah. I guess the, I, you know, it's funny. I was thinking about using the sewing machine as a medium, like compared to other things. And I realized that it has a really close similarity to tattooing. Are you a tattoo collector at all? Yeah. No, no, I, I don't. No, I don't know. I, I have no tattoos on me or anything. I got virgin skin. Lucky um, you. I'm a big fan. I'm a, I'm a big fan of tattoos. Though a lot of my friends are tattoo artists, or obviously, like most everyone that you and I probably know are covered in tattoos. Yeah, right. Um, except for, except for me. You're lucky, man. But, keep uh, it real. <laughs> yeah, keep it virgin skin. Yeah. Clean. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so like, uh, yeah, I've thought about that. As far as like the sewing machine being kind of like you know likened to like tattooing, but also um, you know shooting a gun or something because when you put that thing on like fully automatic, <laughs> have a machine just like you know. And I was just back in Georgia uh, about a week and a half ago, and uh, we went and shot like God, I don't know like fifteen different automatic weapons oh, at the gun range with my buddies. So. Uh, you know, I kept getting handed a different gun. So, um, and it's funny because like you switch from like single shot to like dual or, or tri shot, and then you just go. Then they're like, "Yeah, just let it rip." And, you're like, <laughs> and that's just like my sewing machine because, like, you know, the machine I have now is a, a Juki F six hundred, and it's a pretty you know nice machine. I had to upgrade uh, from a brother XL twenty six ten a few years ago. Um, so my brother. The sewing machine, the brother machine, it was kind of like a shitty Honda Accord. And then my new Juki is kind of like a, a souped-up, bitchin'-ass Camaro. Nice. Just give you an <laughs> idea of the difference. Nice. So, and when I when I got my Juki humming on, like, fully automatic, that thing just blows, dude. This is, like, goes right through everything. So, uh, yeah, so I think of, like, you know, tattoo, tattoo guns, machine guns. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I really I like that aspect of it. And, it. and it does make a lot of noise if you're, like, right up in there. Because you know you got to get your head in there, and you, you know your your face is relatively close to the machine. It's just like I try to listen to music, music or like podcasts, or watch movies when I'm sewing. But um, the sound of the machine kind of dulls everything out. So, have you ever I been in a room full of people using the sewing machine together, like a bunch of yeah, sewing machines all yeah? Around? I taught I taught a uh, I taught a sewing workshop uh, last year in uh, Nashville, Tennessee. And it's nice. me. It was pretty hilarious. So it's me and a bunch of like women, probably our mom's age, and then a couple of girls that are like around our age, and and then there's me standing up there, be like, "All right, everyone, go." You know? <laughs> <laughs> so you know, it's it's pretty, it's really entertaining. 
they were great and everyone had a great time but uh yeah a small room of like you know six to seven or six to eight sewing machines humming at the same time like i could just imagine like a factory you know somewhere in china where you know all of our clothes are probably made i know that's just gotta be really loud do you feel do you feel a connection to um, manufacturing in that like to a certain level you have a capability that maybe a majority of the people that would fit in your age bracket you know may not have like I don't know how to make a fucking blanket like I would just lay some yeah. shit over me but like you know it seems like you know, like you said, everything's being made in China, so there's a disconnect from a manufacturer base, like, even a manufacturer knowledge. Like, I talk about this a lot, like, so, like, I live in a neighborhood with a lot of um, Asians and uh, Indians from India, and they're really bad drivers, and that's a stereotype and all that shit, but the way I look at it is that, okay, here's a group of people who may be first-generation driving a car, so if you match them up with a person of, of any descent who had four generations of people driving cars or three generations of people driving cars, I find that that experience over time will inlay itself in the DNA and become maybe an easier task, okay? So right. what I see now is that we come from, like, maybe our grandparents came from the final sort of manufacturing generation. So our parents are basically were skipped in that, that they were mostly like computer based. Maybe, I mean like construction is obviously a thing, but there's things that it's like, there isn't the manufacturer base that's being transferred through the DNA. And I like to sort of play this idea through my head a lot. Do you, do you think it's important at all? I know that probably as an artist, you're more focused on the art aspect of it, but do you ever think about that in like terms of like capabilities? I have, and more recently, stuff like that has come up where I've been approached to like kind of make you know uh, multiples of some of my pieces, and I you know just from where I'm from and and the kind of like the the scene that I grew up in, being around Atlanta in the '90s, like the Atlanta punk rock scene of the '90s, and a very like DIY work ethic. Like we were always kind of against you know mass-produced, manufactured-type things. So I think that, you know, you're talking about kind of ingrained in the DNA, and I think that's kind of was ingrained in my DNA as an early teenager. But, um, yeah, it's it's weird, though, now, because, you know, I, I am doing a medium that, that I could easily transfer over to manufacturing to some capacity, but, again, I'm all, I'm all about, like, limited edition-type stuff. And that that, I think, is really what's really happening now is like you know these kind of like smaller clothing lines like the hundreds benny gold uh huff those guys are mass producing stuff but they're not mass producing things like on a gigantic scale or or like mishka which i've done a couple of things for mishka and you know it's like limited run t-shirt that they'll produce and so i kind of like that idea a little a little bit more yeah, where and, you know when it's I- manufactured but it's not like 10 million Ben Venom t-shirts. You yeah. Know what I mean? And when I say manufactured, I don't necessarily mean like a mass manufacturer for profit or whatever, or for mm-hmm. even for sale. Uh, I, when I say manufacture, I mean like the actual capabilities of being able to put something together. So like I couldn't make a baseball glove. You could give me all the right. leather in the world and it's unlikely that I'm putting the baseball mitt together. 
Right. But right. there's a whole group of people, I'm sure, that know exactly how to do that and, mm-hmm. you know, have kept that in their, their manufacturing base. So, like, I manufacture paintings. It's only yeah. one every now and then. But, <laughs> no. I've been cranking, man. I've been just, like, a fucking manufacturing Chinese slave labor fucking plant i don't know i just like the whole thing where you start over from scratch where there's like a uniqueness about it and once you start replicating it that uniqueness dies yeah yeah i I, see i that's kind of where i'm coming from what i was saying earlier it's just and and it's weird because uh you know i've more or less trained as a printmaker i teach screen printing classes but i'm pretty i'm probably the worst printmaker and in so much as i don't edition anything i'm kind of like you where I, i I look at it more from like a painting standpoint, like, you know, this is like a one of a kind. I don't want it to, I want everything to have my hand in it as much as possible. Yeah. Um, I don't want to pass, pass the puck down the line and just kind of be standing over there and barking orders as much. But, uh, you know, I say that and I'll totally like, you know, shoot myself in the foot down the something is yeah I know right something will probably come up where uh, there's an opportunity that it's like a rare opportunity and if every if all the parameters are right then I will maybe move forward with something like that um, but yeah more spe- speaking to what you're saying about manufacturing is like yeah it's you know being 2013 it's it's I think things like that are are it's like a skill. You're kind of more talking about like a skill. Like yeah. this person can make this. This person can make that. That's totally dying off. Let's just be completely honest here. That's that's more or less a thing of. I would. I wouldn't even say our parents' generation. I'd say our grandparents' generation. Yeah, that's what I was saying. Our parents yeah. were the first ones that weren't a part of that anymore. Right. Yeah, and it's it's sad because uh, you know iRobot basically is going to take take over and 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 for people like you and I that are you know, artists that work with her hands, I think that makes people like us even that much more important. It's for, been interesting. For I, future. Yeah, I, I, I agree with that 100%. I see it. Like, I, I could tell that people get fascinated by things that are made by the hand, no matter what they are, like, it, to a certain extent. But I think, like, people, there's an amazement still that, that somebody's still working with their hands. It seems like almost everything is advertising. Right. Or right. marketing but, of some sort. But for me, and I, and and a lot of other people I know too, it's like uh, mistakes are okay, mm-hmm. you know. Especially within the work, it's like that that is a strong uh, aspect of the work where people can look at that and be like, "Oh, this was definitely handmade," because the robot would have like not done that, or it have been like thrown in the trash. And then you know, I'd have been digging through the trash to get that screwed up piece to like refabricate and and make something else out of it. So yeah. I, it's you know mistakes are totally fine. I I I don't want to say I encourage mistakes, no, but they're important. But I just say I welcome mistakes. They're important for growth. Even exactly. like I was thinking recently about how poorly I've I've always been a terrible speller. It's like I know the words, I know everything. It's just when it comes down to putting the letters in the right place, it just doesn't always work out. And I was thinking about that, like how much spell check has made my spelling even worse because I'll just spell something close to what I know that I want to spell. And then I'll just let Spellcheck do all the work. And you get a a sense of laziness. So, like, those mistakes, you know, I always say I learn from my stupid. So it's like those mistakes are so instrumental in human growth that it seems like that if if we're so robotic that we don't make mistakes. I don't know. Maybe I'm just trying to hold on. I see what what you're talking about. 
I mean, yeah, like we need to learn from those things so that we can grow. But maybe the iRobot idea will um, just fix all our mistakes and we'll evolve super fucking fast and it won't have to be so goddamn slow. Well, people around our age are we we kind of grew up in the analog to like tech phase. Like we didn't get I didn't get the internet in my home until like mid high school, so like, you know, mid 90s, early yeah. 90s. And so prior to that it was like all analog, so it's like we are that last generation. Like I'm on the tail end of generation X. I'm not a millennial or whatever the hell. You know, I was born in 78, so it's like right. I'm on the tail end of of that generation, but um yeah, and it's just it's it's just kind of uh, those mistakes making like you know spelling or just kind of street smarts or kind of or just trying to find your way with a map like an actual map not not you know the freaking iPhone street it's smarts like, might be the biggest one I yeah man it's like so hey all you millennials like, get ready to get fucking mugged because you have no idea what the hell you're doing. <laughs> Right, it's, you know, I like, see that. Like, I think of like all the people that I would rob if I had to. <laughs> oh, dude, that's, I see that's, them all the time. People glued onto their GPSs. On oh, their dude, I would smash uh, somebody so that's, hard. That's my total fallback plan. If this art shit doesn't pan out, I'm going. I'm going back to the old B and E, breaking and entering. Nice. I can make, I'll make all you guys ski masks. I'm done. Pull the toy fast. That's something you could actually use the art in the B and E. See that? There, Limited your edition, right there. No, it's great, and then you can make multiple ones so they they can't track you. So yeah. every, everything's yeah. different. They're like they were. It's a new Metallica mask. Fuck. <laughs> so instead of three people, it's, it'd be like seventeen people, and then three hundred break-ins from different people with different masks. It's well, perfect. Did you watch? Did you see that movie that came out? It was like one day you're allowed to just do whatever the fuck you want, and you got to like lock yourself up in the house and like try to be oh, safe I've, for one day. It's I called The Purge. Yeah, yeah, I haven't seen that one. Yeah, yet. I saw that the previews. Like, that sounds like a brilliant idea. And what's what's funny is because there's something in the like someone uh, in the government was talking about. That. Maybe it was some senator or something. It's like, can we just have one day? Like in the House and the Senate where it's just, you know, th- everything gets taken care of this day. You know, it's kind of like pass, pass every fucking bullshit amendment you want. Like everything gets pushed through. It's like it's like the government. No day. questions. Yeah, government yeah, day. Like, that probably could be what the shutdown's about. I know, right? Well, that's kind of we're now feeling the, like the flip side of that, basically. But I wonder if the library is going to be open today. No, it's not open. Son of a no, bitch. I'm, I've. Uh, I've been getting all of my DVDs and music from the library for years now. They better not fuck with my shit. I'll be pissed. <laughs> now I'm pissed. Fucking with my DVDs <laughs> and my music. Now it's uh, personal. Yeah. Now so let's um, can we talk about your process a little bit? Like how you go yeah, about sure. um obviously we talked about some of the materials and the the mediums. What about like some of the imagery that you use? How do you like maybe how do you go about setting up the images? So like for somebody who is a traditional painter, you know, you do a drawing, maybe a pre-drawing or you draw on what you're doing, then you start working it out. Um, I know that there's a lot more planning that comes into doing quilts. So I know you got to do a lot of pre-cuts and make sure things fit. Is there a a way you go about things? Yeah. So I can kind of quickly walk you through. So, uh, everything starts out with an idea uh, from research or, you know, whatever else, like uh, reading books, research, watching stuff. And then um, so I get an idea. I take it into the sketchbook. I refine it in the sketchbook uh, a bunch um, and then kind of hone it down. Then I kind of take it into Photoshop or Illustrator and um, clean it up a little bit and size it to whatever size I want it to be. 
And then uh, a really good way to understand how I work is to think of the pieces as a puzzle. Yeah. So everything is kind of pieced together along the way. So you have the design. I take that design. I break it up into like a puzzle of tiny little shapes. Those little shapes are made up of whatever material I'm using, be it leather, denim, T-shirts, fabric, or whatever else. And so as I'm going, I'll have my big pile of material, and then I'll, I'll take that puzzle piece. I'll make a template out of that puzzle piece, lay it on the fabric, and then cut it out, and then I, I just kind of piece it together as I go. So the design is pretty much you know, comes out of Photoshop. And then um, as I'm working, I will kind of do everything else in my head where like this shirt goes good with that shirt. This piece of leather goes good with, at this point in the design relative to another piece of fabric on this piece of design. Is it weird? Do you find that they build themselves sometimes? Yeah, they really do. They really do. And then just kind of like, and then, the uh, you know, of course, the tail end of, or the opposite end of that is some stuff just does doesn't fucking work and you're like you're like ah i gotta start over and you know you kind of tear out the stitches and kind of go back and uh start start over but uh well you have a tendency that's part of the process you have a from looking at your work it seems like your stitching acts as like a drawing almost yeah yeah i'd say it's like it's uh, a painting or a drawing and when i first started out the the quilts i were making were very um i would say kind of static they're they're only were made up of maybe four to five different shapes, like a rec, like like three or four different size rectangles, and then a triangle, and then that kind of and then those shapes made up the the design. Um, as I've gotten a little bit better with the material and uh, progressed within the medium, I've kind of got a little bit more a little bit more free, and yeah, they've kind of become more like paintings and drawings, yeah. and and. It's kind of it's. I've gotten a little bit more loose. I think is is a good way to describe it, and um, it's kind of hard to do that for me working with that medium. Whereas you can't, you know, drawing or painting, you can kind of do a quick sketch or, or brush stroke, and you can kind of go back over that. Whereas with making quilts, it's like, you know, that's that. Yeah. So you it, really... is, it is. You know, you can't really go over something. You have to rip it up and do it again. Yeah. You know, yeah so it might just... actually uh, talking about accidents and mistakes. It might be something <laughs> cool to see like that. I don't know how it would work functionally. We'll, we'll call it the fuck up quilt. Yeah, just like <laughs> stack a bunch of stuff up to like it builds like a mound in the middle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you can really see how bad of a sore or a seamstress I am. A no, man, I hear a lot of people talking about how good your seamstress skills are. Actually, I, I um, researched it. It's a seamster, tailor, or medist. Or a medist, med- or a medist. That's a pretty med- medist. Yeah, medist. I'll take that. Taylor, I don't know because I think of like tailoring a suit. So, uh, do you ever have any any ambitions of making clothing? That right now, no. I'm actually getting married in about a month, and people have been asking me if I was going to make my suit, and I was like, forget it. I was like, <laughs> that, that seems like a total nightmare. Like my crotch will be like all shoved up my ass or something, and like <laughs> one pant leg will be longer than the next, and then like I can just see my mom showing up and being like, what in the hell did you do? It's like the like the the, the jacket has like no sleeves on it or something. You know, it's like. That would be kind of awesome, though. But, it would. I yeah, think it would be pretty. I Ill. just. I figure I'd leave it to you, like a, a a master tailor. Yeah, I need to take my shit over to a tailor. I I ripped my jujitsu pants. Oh man, 
same. I wish I lived in the same neighborhood. I would just swing on by and. Uh... Oh, dude, I'll hook it up. I've, I've fixed some other people's stuff, but uh, yeah, I mean, I, I leave like the kind of the uh, the major alterations to uh, someone that really knows what they're doing. I know. You know, ma- namely, like you know, pants and and other things like that. But I would like to to learn a little bit more about that. So maybe maybe I should uh, sign up for like fashion school or something. Maybe. I think that would be pretty interesting. Taking some sewing classes at like. Uh, I don't know one of the fashion schools. I bet you would be good, man. I I've been th- I've been thinking a lot about the functionality of art. Like I really wanted to start making like tables and like things that could be other things. I yeah. find a I find a, a strong interest in in having multifaceted, multi-use objects that mm-hmm. <clears throat> don't just have to be aesthetic value. Like they could have other value too. Yeah, it's it's and I I agree. I mean I. I huge fan of painting obviously but like um it is interesting when certain uh things that are made by artists are are able to be used in so many different ways and you kind of think about architects Uh, i think most architects are are stuck up but um dickheads yeah they kind of are because they really (laughs) fuck them all uh, (laughs) especially the ones that don't make shit for skateboarding they could suck it but uh (laughs) Because there's that whole thing going on right now over in London um, where they're trying to redo that one area. What is it called? Like Now I'm drawing a blank on it. It's like the, the banks that they skate on over over kind of by the by the Tate Modern, I think. They're getting redone by architects. But anyhow, yeah. yeah, so it's like they think of themselves as like a higher higher echelon where it's like, you know, see, their, their art is functional. It's primarily functional. And then secondary, I would say, art. Whereas we kind of come from the other way, where like our piece, we try to do something aesthetically pleasing and conceptually based, and then sometimes it also serves a function, like whereas it's like a seat or a blanket or 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 you know some kind of sculptural item. But yeah. um, speaking of hierarchy, we've been doing Mary Fuck Kill, yeah, on the show. Do you have? But we, I only got two things. So you do what? Are, what's I needed a third art form that you do. Like I know that. So I, let's say you 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 started in printmaking. Yeah. You are what was the word? A matist? A matist? Um, medist. 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 Now I'm a medist. <laughs> it sounds like a medicinal thing. I know, right? Uh, so I don't know what the third. What could be a third thing? Because we need something that you could marry, fuck, or kill. Do you know the game, marry, fuck, kill? Yeah. So. So like, uh, what's your favorite? What's your second favorite? And your. But you don't have a. Th- I listened for the whole time to see if there was a third thing in there. I was trying to get you to say that you do drawings before you you make your pieces. But the- well, I I do I I do make drawings, but they're more I would consider more like sketches. So yeah, I mean, I screen printing, painting, and and sewing. Those have kind of been my three things okay. uh, over good. the years. I mean, uh, you know, I have a BFA in drawing and painting, and then my master's is. You know, I was concentration in printmaking. Um, so I'm very process oriented. Uh, so which one do you marry? Which one do I marry? Which one do you love? I like what I'm doing now. Yeah, so, okay. Yeah. So you marry the sewing. You marry the sewing. Which one do you fuck? Which one do you like but you don't want to marry? I like uh, painting, probably. Oh, and then you kill screen printing? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, man, damn, that's a hard you one. You threw screen printing right under the bus. 
Well, just because like drawing and painting are kind of the foundations to everything else, it seems like at yeah. least for me, and screen printing is kind of is just like another process that's based on. I think you picked the right answer. That was the right answer, right, Lex? So I stand I stand by it, damn it. Good. <laughs> All right, man. Well, um, I want to thank you again for taking the time to shoot the shit with me. I appreciate it. Yeah, let's, um, let's plug your stuff. Uh, get some people over to your, your Facebooks or your Twitters, Instagrammers. Cool. Yeah, Gram and Gram Jam. <laughs> <laughs> What's, uh, what are your names on there? What do you use? So uh, my website is benvenom.com. That's, I wanted to talk is, to you about your name. Hold on. I'm going to interrupt you. Yeah, again. yeah, sure. So you go by Ben Venom, but um, you do have another last name, right? The Venom yeah, is so a it's a moniker? Ben, Ven, Venom has been my nickname since I was an early teenager. Everyone knows me as Ben Venom. My real last name is Baumgartner. Um, I won't even ask you to spell that since your spelling sucks. So. I know. I you know. I I think I enunciated it right. I even have a hard time yeah. saying people's names on the goddamn show. And it seems yeah. like every artist that I talk to has a goddamn difficult last name to say. I know. Right? Or spell in your in your case. But yeah. I think I said ba- Baumgartner. Yeah, you said it correctly before. Yeah. We started. German. Sounds- Is it German? Yeah, we're yeah. Swiss. Swiss German. Yeah. yeah. So you know, you try to spell that in second grade. So you know, good luck. <laughs> Um, so yeah, it's a, it's a pain in the ass. But uh, since I was a teenager, everyone's you know everyone gets nicknames around that age, and a lot of my friends still have nicknames like shirts. Kevin Taylor's <laughs> Kevin Kevin Taylor's nickname is the KT Express. Uh, you know, Ice. My good buddy's nickname is Ice. Graham Slam, um, and I'm motherfucking Ben Venom. And so, uh, and is there it just a story? Stuck, so. Is there an origin story? Well, yeah. I mean, I always, I still do have like a very short temper. So, um, so it's kind of tied into that a little bit. And just again, growing up around the Atlanta punk rock scene of the '90s, and and you know, going to a lot of punk rock shows and talking about just stupid shit. You know, nicknames kind of come from all over the place. Oh, yeah, there, I, I understand. There really isn't any, like, amazing, you know, origin story, except that it was just kind of a lot of different factors that kind of evolved, and and it was one that, you know, everyone thought fit it suited me, because, you know, I I didn't have any say in it. Yeah, of course, um, which is the best way to get but, a nickname. Exactly, and then, of course, if you get a shitty nickname and you hate it, that's 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 going to last you're dead so i caught a couple of those the way i look yeah. at it is venom I, yeah I, I can accept venom so it's, it's pretty, a lot it's pretty gangster i like it you know yeah 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 i mean there's a lot worse out there like waterproof or two dogs peeing or some other <laughs> bullshit crap so, you know we got ben waterproof on you know that sounds pretty lame so i'll take venom any day i try to give my dog I a new nickname every day oh yeah yeah <laughs> Well, we have nicknames for our cat. We call him Mr. Poofers. So. <laughs> That's proper for a cat. Yep. All right. So now that we got that, let's let's plug your, yeah, yeah, your websites right. and your... Yeah. So my ben website Venom. is com. BenVenom.com. My Instagram is BenVenom. Uh, on Facebook, it's uh, Ben Baumgartner or Ben Venom. You should be able to look up both. Um, pretty much everything is Ben Venom. Um, I'm pretty easy to find on the internet. There is one other guy. There's another guy that goes by DJ Ben Venom. He's some techno fucktard, so it's not me. <laughs> yeah, fuck that dude. 
Let's keep it real. I, I, got a lot, I got a little more post on Google, so I'm already way ahead of him. So uh, he can keep playing his crappy techno shit and suck one. But uh, <laughs> I dominate I'm, the I'm Google search. One, yeah, that's the way to do I it. I call the shots. Nice. I'm placing all I do. <laughs> all right man i want to thank you again it uh that was a fun talk and uh is do you have anything i know your show just came down do you have uh anything coming up that you want to get out the show won't be out for a few weeks yeah so coming up i'll be doing the uh hamburg germany art fair i'll be doing aqua miami and i may be doing the la art fair in january um i have work up right now in denmark um at charlotte vaux gallery and I have work up right now with Aaron Riley at the Joseph Gross Gallery at the University of Arizona um, for another month or so. Um, and then uh, next year, probably another solo show at my, my gallery in Atlanta, Georgia, called Get This Gallery. Um, so keep a lookout for that. And a uh, bunch of other things that are in the works. Nothing's quite confirmed yet. I mean, I, I know you know how that is. Yeah, sure. I'm trying to wait to get confirmation. It's always a pain in the ass. So hopefully a lot of those things kind of pan out um, as time goes on. But, uh, yeah, keep them busy. Cool. All right, man. Best of luck with all that shit, and uh, thanks again. Let's do Internet Dap. All right. Bam. Oh, oh, hold on. Before we go, I did mention you're a medist. The pronunciation is modest. So oh, which is hilarious that we've been talking about ourselves, and the, the real word is modest. <laughs> so, yeah, that's just so you can call yourself that and not uh, sound I like wrong. medist better. Medist. <laughs> Yeah, but it's M O D I S T. We well, can still call it Medis. Uh, Just say it's my accent. Yeah, exactly. That'll be good. It's, it's my su- it's my southern drawl. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, brother. perfect. Thanks again. Have a good All right, day. Guys. Later. All right, thanks, dudes.